Hello and welcome to episode, well, I don't know what the episode number is, of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Los Angeles. I'm Nathan Fox. With me in Washington, D.C. is Ben Olson. Ben, you want to give the listeners a peek behind the curtain and tell them why there's no uh, episode number? Yeah, um, we're having trouble counting. (laughs) (laughs) We've done so many. We've given you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, so what we're doing is we're recording a like a backup episode right now, I guess you could call it that, where we're going to talk about a reading comp passage from the June 2007 LSAT. So if Nathan gets sick or I um, get tired, I don't ever get sick, uh, or one of us you know, just decides that we uh, hate the other so much that we can't record <laughs> an episode that week, you know, we'll reconcile pretty quickly, um, then we can pull out this this episode from the can and add it to the podcasts so that yeah acts of god Mm -hmm. mudslides earthquakes power outages did you just say god because i thought you were it's a figure of speech (laughs) i knew you were a hidden non-atheist i also say god damn it a lot but i don't i'm not uh, in any way blaspheming um (laughs) God, when I say God damn it, God is a holy fictional character in my book. Well, wait, so. so if someone says God damn it, does that mean that they're damning God and that's blasphemous? No, no. Or does it mean that no. they want God to in, invoke, you know, hell, hellfire and damnation upon yeah. whatever it is that they're damning? So then how is that blasphemous? Sure. Oh, yeah, good point. Well, I guess it's just cursing, in, and especially when you're cursing adjacent to God. Adjacent. God who, yeah, because okay. God is omniscient and omnipotent, but he doesn't like it when you use naughty words, especially not in any kind of proximity to uh, his holy name. <laughs> Sorry, he's easily offended. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is surprisingly, surprisingly, <laughs> for a magical being who lives in the sky and who could smite you in just, you know, with lightning bolt in one second or just cause you to drop dead of a heart attack or remote choke you like Darth Vader. Um, you know, he is surprisingly uh, sensitive about these things. <laughs> he doesn't like naughty words. He doesn't like boobies. He doesn't like, um, you know, yeah, there's all kinds of things that he doesn't like. Uh, so, I yeah. don't know. It's for our good, dude. It's for our good. Yeah, he's looking out for your best interests. I want to make sure you don't, don't see any naughty bits on the TV screen, because that would be really bad. Uh this is good. So anyway, just in case one of those acts of God ha- happens, um, we will have this episode in the can and we can play it for you and you can act as if there was no interruption to your weekly dose of thinking LSAT, which apparently is important enough that some people's parents who have nothing to do with the LSAT listen to the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not only do their parents have nothing to do with the LSAT, the the, the son or daughter has nothing to do with the LSAT. Um that is amazing. But we don't want you to be denied an episode every week. So we are creating this one now. Yeah, we'll try to hold out and hopefully this will this will be replacing like episode 160 or something. Yeah, but, that would uh, be amazing. In like 2020. When you hear this, uh, some shit hit the fan. One way or the other, some shit hit the fan, and we recorded this so that we could try to stay on our regular publishing schedule. I mean, either shit hit the fan, or we both decided to go on vacation, or one of us decided to go on vacation, uh, or you know, something. Yeah. Something happened. And I can tell you, shit so. might hit the fan. So 
Watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, the older you get, the more you learn that that's basically all that happens. <laughs> yeah. It's like the fan has a giant bull, giant bullseye on it. Bullshit bullseye. <laughs> yeah. On the fan. And it's just constantly getting pummeled. Yep. Yeah. All your plans, people, all your plans, all your hopes and dreams, they're all bullshit. They're all, <laughs> they're, ain't none of it going to come out the way you think it's going to come out. So just, uh, you know. Basically, buckle up. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Take it from a couple of 40-year-olds. Hey, I'm still 39, dude. Or at least when this episode was being recorded. When is your birthday, Ben? It's in May. In May. Um, you going to give the date? I don't know. I don't know. Is that like revealing too much? Like, I feel like I've given enough so. detail already about my life. All right. Well, it's up to you. You don't have to share if you don't want to. But Ben's turning 40 in May of 2018. Wow. That'd be a really good opportunity to support the show um, on Patreon or um, let's see, we have a PayPal link. You can donate to the show. Yeah. uh, Yeah. You want to um, help us defray the costs of the show? You could... uh, you could uh, use Ben's birthday as, a, yeah. as a, an excuse to do that. The whole month of May birthday. is essentially when I was born. What, how about you, Nathan? When were you born? When can uh, we I give you a birthday present? On December 4th is my birthday. Cool, man. And you are in your December 40s. F- I am 42. December 4th, 1975. I'm 42 years old. And it only gets weirder, man. I thought it was getting weird like when I was in my late 20s and then it got weirder in my 30s and then it got weirder in my late 30s and then it got way weirder in my 40s. So it's just uh, life is strange. Nothing but twists and turns. Yeah. Okay. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> really. <laughs> the only thing I know is I don't know shit. Yeah. Um, and and that I get that reinforced just about every day. Just things change in ways that you, you, you could – there's no possible way you could anticipate. Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, it's so old now, the news, but the fact that Trump is president, I mean, you know, that was a Simpsons joke and now it's reality. That's just, that's one weird twist, but now we're all used to it. What else is going to happen? Is North Korea just going to blow up in one of their nuclear, you know, tests? And then we're going to just get used to a world where there's no like landmass there for a while no instead they participated together in the winter Olympics. oh yeah that was a surprise too. South Korea. yeah yeah it was just i don't know strange just nothing but strangeness and uh i'm expecting it to continue to get stranger especially with the bizarre uh you know technological advances that are happening right now i mean california is now like officially going to allow auto drive cars i mean that's happening like yeah I, we've been promising that that's happening but that is happening yeah like, right now that's happening it's good so yeah oh absolutely yeah people are like all concerned about it um <laughs> it's ridiculous the only thing more dangerous than a car without a driver in it is a car with a driver in it yeah oh you know? hands down. <laughs> so it does, yeah. You take the best driver in the world, and they make a mistake, and then they learn from it. It's like, great, that one person learned from that mistake. Uh, an auto car or you know, self-driving car, it makes a mistake, and every single car under that under under the name of that manufacturer now has learned from that mistake. But the reality is that other people are going to catch on to it too. They're going to look into what happened, and then they're going to learn from it. And so every day, every single car on the road is getting safer and better and not motivated by yes human emotion and stupidity 100% anyway 
What are we going to do today on the show? We're going to read, I think, is it the third passage or the fourth passage? Third passage. Third passage in the June 2007 LSAT, which is section four, by the way. So if you. Wait, I'm going to double check that, but yeah. Okay. June 2007 LSAT, go ahead. Yeah. So if you're following along and this is your first time, just go to Google and say June 2007 LSAT. You type that in. The first link you'll see is a PDF that has the full June 2007 LSAT, which is a test that the test writers have released to the public without licensing restrictions. So we can talk about it on the show. You can find it online for free. And we are going to go to section four. And in section four, you have the reading comp section. Yeah. It's better if you say it. You said say June 2007 LSAT. It is better if you say it. People need to stop typing. Everything's going to voice. Okay, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, this episode is going to be dated now. They're like, oh, he said type. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to actually do an experiment right now with my phone. Hold on a second. June 2007 LSAT. Yeah, boom, right there. Boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. boom. Done. I'm looking at it on my phone. Wow. What a world we're living in. Um, Okay. It, I, I double checked and it's a uh, section for uh, the fourth passage. Okay. It's the fourth passage. Would you like to do the dramatic reading, Ben? Or would you like me to do it? I don't care. Oh, I can do it. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. In tracing the changing face of the Irish landscape, scholars have traditionally relied, traditionally relied primarily on evidence from historical documents. Okay. Um, I'm just pausing here for, for, for a half second because even though this sentence is not that hard to understand, it's still there's still some things going on here. And this is true for every sentence that I read at the very beginning of a reading comp passage. I just want to know exactly what it said because they're throwing you into the deep end of some subject. They're not giving you much of an introduction. They're just saying blah, and you have to get oriented. And if you don't get oriented, then all the sentences that follow are going to be less are harder to understand. Um, so in tracing the changing face of the Irish landscape, so I guess over time, the Irish landscape has changed. That's not surprising. Scholars have traditionally in the past, in other words, relied primarily on evidence from historical documents. So they looked at documents and maybe they didn't look at other things. They might have, it just says primarily, but I'm wondering like, oh, they didn't look at field samples or something like that. Yeah, I'm also wondering, I mean, I... I didn't know that the Irish, it's not surprising that the Irish landscaping, that the Irish landscape is changing. Yeah. But they have told me here that it is changing. Yeah. And so I have to buy that, even though I don't really know exactly how it's changing. I mean, what are we talking about here? More leprechauns? Uh, <laughs> more more drunk people passed out in the street? Uh, what are we talking about here? How is the Irish landscape changing? Yeah, and it's also like in terms of time, right? Like, did, are we talking about the last 50 years? Are we talking about the last two years? Are we the last, last thousand years? Like different kinds of change over different amounts of time. Yeah, and and I have, it's also, right, so we can make a prediction about what we're going to hear next? Yeah. They said that traditionally scholars have relied primarily on evidence from historical documents. I am predicting right now that they're going to talk about how scholars either have changed and now rely on different kinds of evidence or should change. Yep, absolutely. Perfect. I, that's, I think the battle can be won or lost right here, believe it or not. 
Yeah. You know, if you either get engaged or you don't, yep. you either get your teeth into it or you don't. And I think a lot of people are like, uh, I don't know, Irish uh, document. And they're just on to the next sentence. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, Hey, this is a legal document, man. This is our law firm here. Yeah. Why is this document in our face? Yeah. Oh, well, They've told us as a fact or, you know, an assumption, a premise basically of this argument that the Irish landscape is changing. Also, another premise, scholars have traditionally re- relied primarily on evidence from historical documents. And I just feel a butt coming. It seems like there's going to be, there's, they got to tell us how this is or should, uh, is changing or should change. Yeah. And by the way, I can already hear some listeners saying in their heads, right? Like, but Nate and Ben, I don't have time. <laughs> to talk about it the way that you've talked about it. Yeah, that's true. You don't have the time. We've probably already spent like five minutes talking about this first sentence. You don't have that kind of time. But we're talking back and forth and we're going over it. What we what we do have time for when we're taking the test is to think about the two parts of this first sentence and what those what those parts are saying and maybe what they're not saying, right? It doesn't take that long. But if you do take that time, then you have a much bigger picture of what you're about to get into. And as you go into it, those questions start to get answers and you can immediately receive those answers as opposed to just being bombarded with new information that kind of washes over you because you're not really ready for it. We're getting ready for that information. So then when we start going through the passage, we can just eat it all up. And when we're done, we're like, yep, I I know what's going on here because I was ready for the information. It's like when someone's telling you a story and you're not really listening, then you have to say, stop, sorry, what did you just say? And then you're ready for that information. You need to make yourself ready so that you don't have to read this passage multiple times or you read it once, you get into the questions, and then you find yourself going back and rereading multiple paragraphs. If you've ever done that, then you need to listen up. Yep, absolutely. Okay, the next sentence says, however, that's the but you were talking about, However, such documentary sources provide a fragmentary record at best. Dude, this is, this is exactly what we predicted. There's a problem here with just relying primarily on historical documents. They're fragmentary. In other words, they don't provide enough information. And that's not surprising. You're just looking at one source of information or primarily one source. That's not good. Are you cool with that? Yep. Yep. Reliable accounts are very scarce for many parts of Ireland prior to the 17th century. And many of the relevant documents from the 16th and 17th centuries focus selectively on matters relating to military or commercial interests. Okay, so this is just evidence, further evidence that the documents don't provide very much information. And we can read them quickly because we're ready for them and we can sum them up in one sentence shorter than what they actually say. Makes it so much easier to remember. Yeah, perfect. Next paragraph. Studies of fossilized pollen grains. Whoa, I would have never predicted fossilized pollen grains, but it sounds... No, I was, though, predicting... I was thinking, hey, what what should we be looking at? Sure, yeah. And that question makes us all the more ready for this. Studies of fossilized pollen grains, okay, preserved in peats and lake muds provide an additional means of investigating vegetative landscape change. Uh, There's so much here. It's a new source of evidence. They're telling us, we've also learned the time frame, right? At least a few hundred years. Um, 
and we're focusing on the vegetation in the landscape, not necessarily the social or the human aspects. I mean, you could, but um, this sounds like it's more interested in the environment, right? Yeah, well, I was wondering what type of landscape, right? I was thought about um, leprechauns and drunk people, yeah. but no, they are talking about the veget. And I mean, I was kind of joking, but they're they are ta- specifically vegetative landscape change, and we're going to use um, fossilized pollen grains to learn about that, which makes sense instead of these fragmentary historical records. Yeah. Details of changes in vegetation resulting from both human activities and natural events are reflected in the kinds and quantities of minute pollen grains that become trapped in sediments. Ooh, human activities as well. Mm. So it's not just studying vegetative landscape change, or maybe it is learning about vegetative. If we learn about vegetative landscape change, then it also teaches us about human activities. Yeah. Cool. Are we presumed to know anything about pollen grains or or peats or lake muds or science of any sort? I think the only geology. Thing, I think the only thing you have to know is that pollen is something related to plants, and that it's yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a minimum level of like commonsensical <laughs> sort of knowledge, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but you you definitely this is not about um earth science here no right? and i don't this even is, know what a peat is to me it seems like a green mossy sort of thing but i really don't know i have no idea do you know what a peat yeah, is yeah i think that's what peat well yeah you hear peat really i hear peat in um peat moss which they use in gardening yeah and yeah it's like this uh grassy mossy shit that grows and then i also hear peat because um in Irish and Scotch whiskey, yeah. they will um, sometimes the process involves burning peat and moss, but like some peat moss kind of stuff that they that they burn when they heat up the. I don't know. How, I don't know how to yeah. make whiskey. Yeah, um, but that's why Scotch whiskey tastes. Uh, sometimes some, especially some Scotch whiskeys taste super smoky, and they will be described as peaty um, sometimes. So there's the the peat that they're like burning from the, from the landscape when they, when they're making actually the whiskey. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Analysis of samples can identify which kinds of plants produced the preserved pollen grains and when they were deposited. Okay. So the sentence continues, but I'm just going to stop for a second. Mm. So when the else, when the LSS is analysis of samples, right, that's abstract because they're using a noun instead of a verb. You could say, analyzing samples which is more i mean it's still a noun but it's it's easier to see that happening so whenever you see of phrases sometimes it helps to rephrase it in a way that makes it more of an action instead of a a noun but analyzing samples can identify which kinds of plants produced the preserved pollen grains so basically they're looking at the pollen samples to figure out what kind of plants existed and when they were deposited. So what kind of plants existed and when? When did they exist? The sentence continues, and in many cases, the findings can serve to supplement or correct the documentary record. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, so we have these fragmentary records of, hey, we were growing wheat here yeah. in these these dates, but you can look at these pollen grains potentially and be like, oh, well, you know, you were also growing um, flax and hemp and a million other things alongside that wheat. Or at least it was historical there. record. yeah. Yeah, or right, or it was wild growing, but hey, what about all this other shit that we have that's growing? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Do you think the author thinks this is good or bad? Uh, the author almost certainly thinks it's good. Yeah, it's a historically we relied on this, but that's fragmentary. And hey, we can also study this. It, it the author hasn't really provided that opinion explicitly, but that I'm I'm feeling like the author likes this new new a new way of learning about the past. It's hard to see how that's a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe the author comes in and says, and this has misled us, but by saying it can serve to supplement or correct the documentary record. Mm. Those seem to have pretty good connotations. Yeah. Okay, cool. The next paragraph. For example, okay, so we're going to go into some details about what we just talked about. Analyses mm-hmm. of samples from Long Low, Long Low in County Down have revealed significant patterns of cereal grain pollen beginning by about 400 AD. Okay, so, oh, this is probably going to be an example of how something either supplements or corrects the record. Mm-hmm. The substantial clay content of the soil in this part of, the, of down makes the cultivation by primitive tools difficult. Historians thought that such soils were not tilled to any significant extent until the introduction of the moldboard plow. Hmm, I've never heard of that before. The moldboard plow to Ireland in the 7th century AD. Because cereal cultivation would have required tilling of the soil, the pollen evidence indicates that these soils must indeed have been successfully tilled before the introduction of the new plow. Hmm. Okay. So, in this case, it sounds to me like they're supplementing the record. They're saying, hey, we assumed this. The record maybe didn't say anything. We assumed this, but this is now adding to our understanding of the past. Well, it actually seems to be correcting, right? Because line 26 says, historians thought such soils were not tilled to any significant extent. Yeah, I guess... Um, oh, well, I guess they're correct that they, until the introduction of the moldboard plow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now this is, with this pollen evidence, it's like, well, but hey, we must have been, they must have been tilling the soil successfully otherwise how the hell are there all these cereal grains well i think it is correcting the historians i was just thinking that it didn't necessarily correct the documentary record because the record probably okay. didn't say anything but yeah either way this is supplementing and correcting some things and changing what historians thought yeah. Yeah. which just proves right that this is a good thing we're getting new information we're understanding the world better Sure. Another example concerns flax cultivation in county down one of the great lin linen-producing areas of Ireland during the 18th century. Some aspects of linen production in Down were well-documented. So now we're talking about the record. But the documentary record tells little about the cultivation of of flax, the plant from which linen is made, in that area. 
The record of 18th century linen production in Down, together with the knowledge that flax cultivation had been established in Ireland centuries before that time, led some historians to surmise that this plant was being cultivated in Down before the 18th century. But pollen analyses indicate that this is not the case. Flax pollen was found only in deposits laid down since the 18th century. Okay, this is clearly an example where... Um, well, again, it's just supplementing, actually, because the, the record doesn't say much about the cultivation of flax. Now they're, they're correcting yet another wrong assumption with this new information. Okay. Great. Last paragraph. It must be stressed, though, that there are limits to the ability of the pollen record to reflect the vegetative history of the landscape. Okay, so there are problems. For example... Pollen analyses cannot identify the species, but only the genus or family of some plants. Among these is matter, modder, a cultivated dye plant of historical importance to Ireland. Matter belongs to a plant family that also comprises various native weeds, including goosegrass. If matter pollen were present in a deposit, it would be indistinguishable from that of uncultivated native species. End of passage. <laughs> I like how it just ends. Um, okay, great. So it helps supplement the record, but there are some limitations. We can't figure out exactly what kind of plant was there. Yeah, we get the uh, whatever, genus, family. Yeah. We can't tell exactly what it was. And that's a problem in in regard to something like matter as an example, where, hey, they might have been cultivating this plant that they used for dyeing things. Yeah. Uh, but we can't tell that pollen from this native weed goosegrass. Yeah. So we don't really know. We can learn some things, but it's an imperfect measure, imperfect tool. Hey, I would like to stress, in addition to what the author stressed at the end here, that we went faster and faster as we went along. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we got oriented at the beginning. It took some time. We started to understand what was happening. And then we just started reading through these things and seeing how they fit into the big picture. And we're not being sidetracked. Yeah, that's right. It, we, we know where there are some details. We could go back and look them up if we need to. Um, you said big picture. Um, so what is the big picture? The big picture is that pollen analysis is helpful, uh, but it has some drawbacks. It's not yeah, perfect. Pollen analysis can uh, supplement and in some cases correct the historical record, uh, but uh, it's not the be-all, end-all. Yeah. Or, or There's some things it can't it, it may not give you the detail you want, but it's going to give you some detail. That's it. Yeah, and that should be the answer for number 23. Yeah, so the first question, which one of the following most accurately expresses the main point of the passage? Do you want to tackle these answers? Sure. It's really important here, though, before I even read A, that I've got a very solid idea of what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. 
Um, these answer choices take up a lot of real estate and they can take time and they can be, they can also confuse me. You know, if I don't know what I'm looking for, I can start like making a case for one of these wrong answers yeah. and that can actually cause me to misunderstand the passage. So if necessary, I'm going to put my hand over these answer choices and I'm going to make a really, uh, strong prediction here for what I want the main point to say. I want it to basically be positive about, uh, positive, but not like, uh, not, uh, what's the word? Like not over enthusiastic about pollen analysis, but just <clears throat> something like, um, analysis of pollen grains can supplement or even correct the historical record, uh, about the development of a landscape in certain cases, something like sure. That. Okay. So A says, analysis of fossilized pollen is a useful means of supplementing and in some cases correcting other sources of information regarding changes in the Irish landscape. That is borderline perfect. It's almost <laughs> exactly what I just said. Um, I love that it says some cases. Yep. Um, Super weak. I love that it just says is a useful means. Yep. Not like the only thing or the be all end all, but just a useful means. Sure. Supplementing and in some cases correcting. It's specifically about the Irish landscape, which sure, okay, great. It's narrowly tailored to the passage that we were actually given. Um, boy, I almost wouldn't. I mean, I would read B, C, D, E, but I'm expecting to eliminate them all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see what happens. Okay. B says analysis. Uh, sorry, analyses of historical documents together with pollen evidence, have led to the revision of some previously accepted hypotheses regarding changes in the Irish landscape. I just don't think that's focused enough on the pollen, this, this idea that traditionally scholars relied on historical documents yeah, and that this pollen evidence is now available and, hey, what about this new thing that can supplement and correct the historical documents. So B by being, I don't think B is, um, I don't think B is false. I, I, I mean, I do think that the passage said B. Yeah. To me, B feels like an inference. It feels like something you might conclude after reading this passage, not as the main point, but something you might say, Oh yeah, it seems like, you know, Historical documents together with Paul and evidence have led some people to revise previously accepted hypotheses, but that's not what the passage was focused on. It was focused on this being a new source of evidence that can be used to – the pollen can be a new source of evidence that can be used to supplement or correct the documentary record, and it has some drawbacks. Yeah, the, if, if I had you boil it down to three words or five words – you wouldn't be focusing on the historical documents. No, no, that's a problem. You'd be focusing on the pollen evidence. Sure. This this pollen grain analysis, new good. Yep. You know that that's what I would want if I had asked you to read this for me to come summarize it to me. You better say pollen evidence, new good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> that would be a pretty good four words. Yeah. Uh, that would indicate that you've understood it and. A is focusing a lot more on the, hey, we got fossilized pollen, it's useful, good, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas B is just like, well, both of these things. Okay. Yeah. C, so B's out um, because A is better. C, analysis of fossilized pollen 
has proven to be a valuable tool in the identification of ancient plant species. Um, that to me just feels like it's going, I don't think that's what the passage said. I don't think it was about, hey, we can use this, fo- this pollen to identify ancient plant species. I think we already know the species. We know what the pollen looks like from those species, or at least from the families of those species. And we're trying to learn about whether the Irish were cultivating cereal grains yeah. in, in a certain time. We're not trying to identify an ancient plant species. And, and these things may have been ancient in the sense that we're talking about the seventh century, but that wasn't the focus of this passage. Oh yeah. I didn't even see that. Like where is ancient plant species? Yeah, It's not, that's not even, yeah. So, okay. So C is just misdescribing the argument. D analysis of fossilized pollen has provided new evidence that the cultivation of such crops as cereal grains, flax, and matter had a significant impact on the landscape of Ireland. I don't, um, I don't think it was ever in question whether the cultivation of certain crops would or would not have a significant impact on the landscape of Ireland. And it, you know, to the extent that it did, we would want to actually talk about that, right? Look how it changed and look at what happened. And now it's a different landscape, but we never discussed that. We just talked about yeah. whether that happened or didn't happen. Yeah. Also it just lumps um, specifically matter you know, we didn't even know if they were really, really cultivating matter or not. Because mm-hmm. remember, that was the one that could have been in the same family as just some native weed. Yeah. So I think D is misstating, again, misstating the argument. Um, so that's out. E, while pollen evidence can sometimes supplement other, his- other sources of historical information, its applicability is severely limited. What? <laughs> That's already wrong. Yeah, Since it cannot be used to identify plant species, that's also wrong. This is someone who reads the last paragraph and thinks that's that's what it means to find the main point, right? If you weren't paying attention right. in the passage and you get to the end of the paragraph, the end of the passage, you read the last paragraph and it talks about the the limitations of pollen analysis, and then they say, "What's the main point of the passage?" You think, "Oh, wait, what?" I remember they just finished talking about the limitations. You're going to pick E, but. E, the, it, first of all, it wasn't this overly negative. And uh, second of all, it wasn't the focus of the passage. It was more just like one side note. And it's not even something that's mentioned in answer choice A. I, I think A would be a little bit better if they said this, if they said there were limitations. But it's not. It's less important than the overall idea that pollen can supplement or correct the record. Yeah, and again, back to A, it does say a useful means, which means one useful means, which means not the only useful means. Or you know, complete it could or be, something like that. No, it could be the 10th of all of the, you know, it could be the 99th of 100 different ways, but in the 99th best one is these the pollen analysis. Yeah. A useful means. It could be the 99th best one. And um also, then it says correcting in some cases. So it's it's limiting itself. It's it's soft. It's narrowly focused, narrowly drawn. So uh, anyway, it's got to be A yeah, here. I agree. And it it really matches the prediction as well. I mean, I I said many of the words of A when I made my prediction. Yeah. Okay. Um, Twenty four. The passage indicates that pollen analyses have provided evidence against which one of the following views. 
Hmm. So that's like a must be false question. Yeah. Which one of these does the passage say is wrong because of pollen analysis? Yeah. Hmm. I might predict it. Yeah. Well, what do we know about pollen analysis? We know that uh, it can be helpful. It can be helpful. It can tell you a little bit about the plants. I mean, they told us specific things that they learned from the pollen analysis. I. I don't know. There's a lot of predictions we could make here. Well, my eye went right back to the end of the second, sorry, the end of the third, whoops, sorry, the end of the fourth paragraph, because here we have a clear instance of the historical record being, you know, corrected. Um, Some historians are surmising that flax is being cultivated in down before the 18th century. And pollen analysis is like, nope. Yeah. Ain't flax pollen in the historical record. And so that's a, you know, just pollen analysis indicate that this is not the case. So I would love an answer that says flax was not cultivated or sorry, flax was cultivated before the 18th century in down. Yeah. And along those same lines, I guess you could do something from the third paragraph, right? Because what did the flax or what did the flax, what did the pollen analysis tell us was wrong? The yeah, oh, right. Cereal cultivation would have required um, tilling of the soil. And we do have pollen from these cereals. Yeah. Well, just, and so mm-hmm. we thought that we didn't, we thought we weren't, um, we thought we weren't tilling the soil to any significant extent. But this pollen and this pollen evidence says, no, actually they were tilling the soil um, before Four hundred, or sorry, um, around four hundred eighty. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so then, uh, sorry, and then you'd have to state that negatively in order to make it the right answer for this. Must be false question. So it would be like the soil was not being tilled um, around four hundred eighty. Yeah. A. The moldboard plow was introduced into Ireland in the seventh century. I don't think the pollen analysis tells us anything specifically about the moldboard plow. I mean, we know that there was some tilling going on that they weren't sure was going on. Yeah. But we don't know for sure that the moldboard plow specifically had to be introduced in Ireland. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. Sorry. We just don't know a whole lot. It just says at the end, before the introduction of the new plow, all we know is they tilled somehow. So. Yeah, yeah. B, I mean, I also think that line 27, I, I think that's stating a premise that the moldboard plow was introduced in the 7th century. Yeah, so answer choice A is affirmed, not huh, denied by the passage. Yeah. Well, we know, I think we just know as a fact that the moldboard plow was 7th century we know that there was tilling before the moldboard plow. So we don't know how they were doing it, but we just know that there was tilling before the seventh century. Yeah. But bottom line, we're looking for something that's rejected, right? By the passage, or at least there's some. Yeah. A is not rejected. No, a is a, a is a premise of the passage. Um, B in certain parts of County down cereal grains were not cultivated to any significant extent before the seventh century. Well, yeah, wait a minute. They just said, 
pollen evidence indicates that these soils must indeed have been successfully tilled before the introduction of the new plow. Yeah. Well, they have cereal. They, they have found significant cereal grain pollen. Cereal cultivation would have required tilling of the soil. Therefore, they must have been tilling. Yeah. So they were cultivating cereal. I think that's the answer. I think B has been rejected by the passage. Yeah. It's like directly okay. contradicting it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, second half of the third paragraph is going to be your support uh, to reject B. So that's the answer. Um, anyway, C, in certain parts of Ireland, cereal grains have been cultivated continuously since the introduction of the moldboard plow. We don't have any reason to reject that. I mean... Maybe they have. Well, that's... Yeah, it seems very likely to be to be true <laughs> anyway. But the passage certainly doesn't give us evidence to reject that. Yeah. D, cereal grain cultivation requires successful tilling of the soil. I think that's a must be true according to the passage. They said that, yep. E, cereal grain cultivation began in County Down around 400 AD. The passage actually seems to suggest that it, it, it was happening at least by 400 AD. Beginning by about 480. Yeah, again, I think E is supported by the passage, not uh, not rejected by the passage. So the answer for number 24 is B. Great. That's weird because A, D, and E are all like supported by the passage. C seems very likely according to the passage, or or there's just no reason to reject it. B is the only one that we have reason to suspect. So B is the answer. Yeah. 25, the phrase documentary record in lines 20 to 27 primarily refers to what? So here I would definitely predict an answer, right? Because we, we can know what it was. Well, and I knew that, like, I thought I knew that right away in the first, uh, the first sentence. Isn't that referring to these historical records, which are yeah. incomplete? Yeah, it says uh, on line 7, relevant documents from the 16th, and 17th centuries focus exclusively on matters relating to military or commercial interests. So when we're talking about documents, we're probably talking about those kinds of documents, documents that were written in the past and that historians are reading now to try to figure out about the past. We're not talking about contemporary documents. Yep. Okay. So these documents that they start talking about in line 20, that's like military um, what was it? Oh, military and commercial fragmentary military and commercial records, which have since been um, supplemented and slash corrected by this pollen evidence. Yeah. So, are we talking about a documented results of analyses of fossilized pollen? No, those would be modern documents like science yeah. research or something. Yeah. B, the kinds and quantities of fossilized pollen grain. I mean, it, it just has nothing to do with pollen. No. The documentary record is these commercial military documents. Yeah. It's not the pollen. Part. Yeah. C, written and pictorial descriptions by current historians. Stop. Okay, right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right, because we can stop uh, with the current. No. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were talking about 
16th and 17th century, which is not current. Yeah. Like maybe historians wrote these books, but they were written in the past by historians in the past or just people who wrote books in the past, not not current historians. Do we have evidence for pictorial? I don't know where that came from. My only thought was maybe that could be true because maybe someone in the past drew in their book, but... <laughs> but now you're really helping that That's answer right, a lot, yeah. you know? I mean, the passage, if it didn't say there's pictures, I don't how, see how we pick an answer that yeah. <laughs> says something about pictures. D, government and commercial records, maps, and similar documents, sounds good so far, produced in the past that recorded conditions and events of that time. Boom. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Fragmentary historical record yeah. from government and com- and commerce. Yeah. Sounds perfect. E, articles, books, and other documents by current, no, historians, listing and analyzing all the available evidence. No, it's fragmentary. So the answer for 25 is D. Yeah. Boom. These questions are striking me as pretty easy. Yeah. I agree. But then again, I mean, we we seriously attacked the passage, right? That's what happens. Yeah, and we've had uh, double time or time and a half for one passage. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, but I mean, most, re, hey, okay, but many, many students are only going to do two passages or even three passages. Yeah. And if they take their time, they're going to find that the questions get easier and easier. Yeah. So that's how it feels. And by the way, once you learn how to do this, you know, taking taking all the time that not not I'm not saying do untimed practice. I'm just saying time yourself but ignore the clock and <clears throat> develop this ability to just hey, I have to read, I have to do my work. I have to read it, I have to understand it, I have to answer these questions. But the better I read it, the more I understand it, the easier these questions are going to get. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 26. The passage indicates that prior to the use of pollen analysis in the study of the history of the Irish landscape, at least some historians believed which one of the following. So I'm looking for one of these things. Again, I'm looking for one of these things that was corrected. Yeah. So we had two beliefs at least and they were wrong yeah. and then they were corrected. One was the cultivation thing. Uh, the tilling, so tilling the soil yeah. thing because of the cereal grains, cereal pollens. Um, I, I, I'm wondering if this now is going to be the flax thing. Uh, that was again in the top of the fourth paragraph. We have, um, or sorry, bottom of the fourth paragraph. We have some historians surmising that they did cultivate flax before the 18th century, but the pollen grains aren't there. Mm -hmm. So some historians believed that I would love an answer that says some historians believed flax was cultivated prior to the 18th century. Um, which is exactly what he says. So that's the answer. (laughs) Done. (laughs) No, I mean, for real though, like I have a really strong prediction. It took me no time to scan those answer choices is exactly what I was looking for. So E's the answer. Yeah. Um, we can go through A, the Irish landscape had, had experienced significant flooding, flooding. during the never 17th century. That. that was never mentioned. Yeah. yeah. B, cereal grain was not cultivated anywhere in Ireland until at least the 7th century. Too strong, because we only talked about that one county. We're only talking about yeah. down, yeah. Um, C, the history of the Irish landscape during the 17th Sorry, during the 16th and 17th centuries 
was well documented. Believe that. Yeah, that's way that's meta there, yeah. right? That's the historians critiquing the completion of their own documentation, which just wasn't anything that was discussed in the passage. The author <laughs> critiques the documentation, yeah. but historians are never purported to believe anything about their own documentation. So it can't be C. Mm-hmm. D. Matter was not used as a dye plant in Ireland until after the 18th century. We don't know that historians ever had that belief. Um, there's just no evidence mm-hmm. for that. Okay. So the answer is yeah. E. You can pr- make a prediction. What it, You've said it before, Ben, like 50%, 75% of the questions you're going to have a prediction yeah. on reading. Yeah, I think so. There, if the question itself talks about a very specific part of the passage, or it doesn't have to be very specific, but some idea, then you can almost always make a prediction. The only questions that you can't make a prediction for, or at least are less likely to be able to, are the ones that are so vague, such as, which one of the following is most strongly supported by the passage? Even there, you can sometimes make a prediction, but it's kind of a waste of time in my mind because there are so many different things that might be supported by the passage. So in that case, I just jump into the answer choices. But other than those questions, these questions are asking about something, and I have to at least think about that thing and think, does the author like this thing or not like this thing or whatever? Yeah. Okay, number 27. Last one. Which one of the following most accurately describes the relationship between the second paragraph and the final paragraph? Ooh, I'd have to go back and look at those again, yeah, right? but we'd still want to predict. We'd just go back and see, okay, what was the second paragraph about? Second paragraph? Second paragraph, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, ahead, that's okay. Ahead. So this is when they introduced the new method, the... Uh, Looking at fossilized pollen grains and basically... Yeah, we were surprised, right? In line 10, we were like, wait, huh? what? Fossilized pollen yeah. grains, huh? And they basically said, hey, this is a this can be a useful tool for supplementing the documentary record. And so we're like, okay, okay. yeah, that makes sense. And then four, right? That was the other one. Well, four was an example. It starts out another example. This was the flax thing. And examples are just used as evidence to prove whatever you're trying to prove Except it didn't say four. Oh, sorry. Last paragraph. Finally. <laughs> I'm predicting the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. The last paragraph was just the limitations, right? So I feel like the second paragraph is saying, hey, we got this other way of finding information and it can be really helpful. And the last paragraph says, but it's not perfect. But let's not make too much yeah. of it. Not so fast. So what's okay. the relationship so, between those two paragraphs? Well, the second pair, if I was going to describe it like in the abstract... Yeah. Second paragraph was, hey, here's a new way of doing some shit. Yeah. Last paragraph is, but it's got some limitations. Yeah, that's it. Okay. A, the second paragraph proposes a hypothesis. I would stop mm, reading that. Yeah. B, the final paragraph. It, by the way, hypothesis. I mean, how did I reject that? Hypothesis. What's a hypothesis? A then? hypothesis is a, it's a prediction. Uh for some event or a series of events it's or whatever or phenomena you're yeah it's a proposed answer to a question mm-hmm. like a who done it oh i propose it was colonel mustard mm-hmm. my that's a hypothesis that it's colonel mustard yeah. i don't think the second paragraph was giving a hypothesis about anything the second paragraph was like hey here's a real thing pollen grain analysis mm-hmm. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's a. Th- I'm telling you about some shit that we're doing now. That's not a hypothesis about anything. Yeah. 
so it can't be A. B, the final paragraph describes a problem that must be solved before the method advocated in the second paragraph can be considered viable. No. No, 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 no. Way too strong. No, it's... Well, and the overall gist of the passage is, hey, we have this new tool that is helping... It's already helping us to uh, supplement and revise the historical record. Yeah, so... It- the last paragraph says there's limitations to it. We can't use it for everything. It's imperfect. But it's not saying we have to solve this before we can use it at all. Yeah. Hey, did you ever see the movie Get Out? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. you remember when that the 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 one lady says, No, 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 no. <laughs> I did not I watched it. I watched it right when it came uh, okay, out. Okay, so. there's this part where um I don't know, she talks about one of the the daughter or something talks about leaving and or I don't know staying a little bit longer. I can't remember. And one of the house workers is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just like so now every now and then I that just sticks in my head. So that's why I was saying to be. Do you like that movie? Is that your pick for best picture? Oh no, I didn't actually. Everybody liked it. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I didn't. What was it that I didn't like about it? I think that it was mysterious, and then the end, it just seems stupid to me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not like the biggest fan of fiction to begin with, so um, it is a fiction. Uh, did Did you like any of the, uh, or how many of the Best Picture nominees have you seen? I don't know, but Oscars are this weekend, by the way, as we record. This. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go way old school here because you did one time recommend that I see. La La Land, and I like that. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, that was good. I know that was this old, but yeah, that was, okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Get Out is on my top uh, top three for for best picture uh, of the nominees. I also really liked Call Me by Your Name, and um, what else was I hoping for? Shit, now I forget because they're not right in front of me. I'm mad that uh, I Tanya was not was not nominated because I Tanya was really awesome. But mm. we'll see. By the time listeners hear this, the awards will have already happened. So I don't know why I'm talking about it. Cool. Um. Okay. So C. Where are we? Oh, C. Uh, we've already eliminated A mm-hmm. and B. Yeah. C. The final paragraph qualifies. The claim made in the second paragraph. Ooh. That's not bad. I mean, that's technically true. Qualifies means limits. Right. Yeah. The second paragraph is claiming that pollen grain analysis, uh, where is their claim? Can identify which kinds of plants were deposited. And in many cases, the findings can serve to supplement or correct the documentary record. The last paragraph says, hey, hold on, not so fast. There's some limitations. There's some qualifications on that. I believe the answer here is going to be C. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, A qualified claim means a limited claim. The qualification on the claim is the limitation on that claim. Yep. D, the second paragraph describes a view against which the author intends to argue. No, the second paragraph is like the whole point. E, the final paragraph offers procedures to supplement the method. No, the final paragraph says, hey, there's some limitations. Yep. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> so the answer uh, for number 27 is C. Cool. Beautiful. Well, should we just leave that one yeah, there? I think so. Yeah, sorry that this is uh, a little bit of a short episode, but yeah, this was an emergency episode. We just wanted to make sure that we could get something out to you. Um, hey, if you want to give us some ideas for what to talk about on the show, you can always email help at thinkinglsat.com. You can also check out our Facebook group. Just search for Thinking LSAT Podcast uh, in Facebook. You can go to... Uh, well, that's it. Let's just pimp those two and leave it yeah. there. That was show number. I don't know what show number that was. That was an emergency one. So if you're hearing this again, yeah, some shit hit the fan. Thanks all y'all for listening. It's been nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school.